This is Neon Cauldron with Elise Osborne. Welcome to the show. This is Elise Osborne. Hi, this is Jessica Miracle. And we are both tarot readers. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the first time I'm seeing Jessica in like a long time. Um, And she has a story to tell. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This... (laughs) This is so um, momentous for me seeing you here because you were the one who introduced me to tarot however many years ago now that was. Yeah. So many years ago. And and that was uh, when I was doing tarot at the Painted Bird in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I think you're coming in uh, probably to shop. That's what I assume that you meant to do. Actually, I had moved to San Francisco, I think, a year before then. And a girlfriend had just visited me. And we both said to each other... We want to get a, a tarot reading or a psychic reading or go see a psychic. And um, I was raised very conservative and religious and then um, shifted into, I don't know what's going on. And I was in the, I don't know what's going on phase at the time. So, but it, that was still like a pretty big and new thing for me. Yeah. And the whole time she was there, we tried to see psychics. It didn't work out. There was some store. We saw a couple stores and they were all closed. And then she left town and I was just walking through the mission and there was a big bulletin board that said tarot readings happening now. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, sorry, friend, but I'm going to jump on this. And I went in and I was blown away. I'd never it was my first magical experience of any kind. And now that I know about the cards, I can look back and see how you interpreted a lot of things that weren't actually just inherent in the meanings of the cards things that you were seeing and feeling yeah that's an interesting thing when you learn tarot you're like this isn't the cards say a lot of different things and then also Mm -hmm. you see a lot of different things in it that wouldn't necessarily be textbook Mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's interesting hearing that yeah um so after that um i went on my merry way for many more years and then you and I did one more tarot reading yeah right before I um ended up leaving town leaving San Francisco which was a really big part of my journey that I've been on this year that has actually brought me back to San Francisco yeah so about almost three years ago now I was in a relationship that I thought was great. And actually in your reading, you were like, you're with someone who's okay for right now, but he's not the one. And I was like, F you lady. I <laughs> what? I, I Hold get that response from people sometimes. <laughs> but you were right. Thank you. That's my favorite thing to hear. Wow. Know, okay. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm also sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But um, we were supposed to go on this romantic journey together, but it was that was that didn't happen, and I instead kind of got ousted from my apartment and decided to take this as an invitation to leave San Francisco. But you and I had done a reading right before then, mm. and then I um, left the city and it moved to a little town called Grass Valley. Yeah, so yeah. trippy, and I was there for about a week or so um let's see i guess i'm just telling you the story of how i discovered magic this is and this is gonna lead to back it's gonna go in a big 
circle right back here. Yeah. Let's let's go on it. On the circle. So I um, was really depressed. You know, the relationship ended really badly. I was locked out of the house. He kind of tried, he tried to take almost everything. I try to not exaggerate, but he did take the majority of the possessions in the house, which most of them I had paid for. He tried to take most of my money. He took quite a lot of it and he was really cruel to me. And I, even though it was an abusive relationship within it, i still didn't see that coming. And it was really, it was verbally and emotionally abusive. Um, it really didn't, um, it just threw me and I was, um, really trying to be positive and doing a lot of yoga and stuff, but I felt like there was this toxic poison inside of my body. Mm. Um, it's like dark stuff and I kept trying to pull it out and sometimes there'd be this moments where I wouldn't feel it, but then it would come back in there and it was just dragging my body down and I couldn't get it out of my body and I um, collapsed on my living room this one day and I looked outside my window and there was this blue jay there and big sequoia tree and I was at my hearth and I hadn't prayed now in years I no longer believed in the Christian religion that I was raised in but I prayed for the first time maybe I don't know how long a decade or longer and so if there's anything out there you blue jay or whoever is out there please i need help i can't do this i'm not gonna make it Mm. and um the next day or the day after that i was at this little fair and there was a woman there reading tarot cards so i decided to go get a tarot card read and i walked up to her and she was like i'm so glad you came over here and i was like Cool, yeah. <laughs> what do you say yeah, to that? I mean, it's like Zoltar or whatever. You're like, yeah, cute character you have here. Right. Yeah. And she said, something, something, are you a priestess? And I had a glass of wine then, and I knew that women called each other goddesses now, and I just thought that this is like, <laughs> this is like the latest This is like of the slangs. latest like, <laughs> things that empowered women call each other. And I was like hell yeah, I'm a priestess. <laughs> and she started saying all these other things. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm not a priestess. I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Here's my card. If you want to learn more, you can give me a call. And I was like, yeah, she probably gives a story to all the girls who just get a single card reading from her. For $5. For $5. <laughs> but I talked to some other women around town and they said she's really reputable. Mm. So I... What's her name? Her name is Lynn Mitchell. Interesting. And, and she's she, Grass Valley. She's in Grass Valley and she's amazing. And I ended up meeting with her and having a religious experience with this lavender bush and then with her cedar tree. Like we didn't even do a tarot reading. Interesting. She just talked to me about energy and I was really skeptical about a lot of it. But I, she cleared me with cedar smoke and I could feel things shifting inside of me. Mm. And then she's like, this lavender bush really likes you. I was like, it does. Oh, my God. And I actually felt something from it in a way that I hadn't felt things before. And um, I went back to my house and I could feel this presence in the plants around it and in the tree that I have 
um, that I've carried with me for a long time in my house. And um, I realized that I wasn't alone and that there was something else out there that was taking care of me. Yeah. You felt connected. Mm-hmm. And then you started doing tarot. Yeah. And then I went and bought a deck of tarot cards and started teaching myself tarot. Yeah. And I studied with her um, for the next year and a half or so, became her apprentice and learned energy work. So I do this combination of energy work and tarot that I really love doing. It's I take people on guided meditations. I look at them energetically and I help them transmute things, move things out, open stuff up. And it's really, really beautiful. And the tarot, I think, helps ground things in. It's a great reflection yeah. of the metaphysical and the mystical that's right there in our 3D reality that people can see yeah. and grasp. I think that it's hard for some people to, to grasp or see when mm-hmm. when um, we're talking. <laughs> those who are familiar with it are talking about seeing and grasping or feeling or understanding things that are in the invisible world supposed to be in the invisible world they're like what are you talking about how do you see it um so i always strive to figure out how to make words for it but sometimes i guess you have to i mean you have to know how to read until until you know how to read like you could open a book up and it's just squiggly lines you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't totally but once you know how to read you're like oh i see i'm like in the south of france i see the little village in the and I see the lavender bush and Mm -hmm. I feel the sun on me and you you aren't seeing the words anymore at all you're not seeing the squiggly lines you're just seeing the south of France and I feel like that's why to me it's like called reading you know it's like the object is a portal and it's really hard to describe how to go from them being squiggly lines to being the south of France if you if you don't understand how to read you know well that is i mean that's our that is magic in itself words and communication yeah. and yeah it's one of the oldest forms of magic totally and we take it for granted cuz it is something we do every day but it is absolutely magic bringing yeah. the shapeless into shape i think also it's magic to me sometimes has like a like a a pillar of marginalization or like delicacy or something to it where it's not the everyday um, or it's not for everyone or it's hard to understand or feel, which I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. I feel like it's everything. (laughs) It's all around us. Mm, And there's a lot of technology actually that um, we don't really understand, but we accept and we're not mystified by it. So it's not magical, you know, but It kind of is because, I mean, there's a lot of things that we do that we don't really understand, but we accept, Uh, which is a a pretty corny statement, but it's, you know. Um, I have a challenge for you that just popped in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just popped right in there. Um, Okay, this could either lead to psychic cringe fail on both of our parts. Yeah. So no stakes, (laughs) right? Okay. Um, Or it could be interesting, an experiment. (laughs) Yeah. I have... The worst upper back and neck pain mm-hmm. right now. I've just been feeling it. Like, towards the end of the night, it just started gathering, like, right here. Like a like a little goblin that's just holding my muscles, like, right here. The nape of my neck. Mm-hmm. What do you think? The first thing I heard was money. Yeah. 
I have too much money. <laughs> money, yeah. Um, let's see. Let me take a look at that. Ooh, it's actually something that's moving. That's moving out. That is about how you're supported and how you support yourself. Does... That is kind of grabbing on and trying to be like, no, you're not. You're not okay. Yeah. I'm not okay. I mean, yeah, I think that um, that resonates with me because I, I feel like I um, um, I try really hard to survive, but also I'm very stubborn and I want to make I want to make work that I feel like comes from a love zone, you know, which is really complicated to figure out how to turn love into money. You know, I'm not just talking about I don't know. Like, I mean, turning love into money, like actual love, not like sex. I mean, it's really easy to turn sex into money. That's not what I'm saying to anyone that's confused about that. But yeah, you're talking about the energy. Yeah, love, love energy um, turning into abundance. You know, you, you just saying that actually is making me feel like it's resonating and it's kind of like matching the vibration. Just hearing that is making it less painful. Good. Yeah. So, by the way... To those who can't see us, which is everyone that's listening, except for the two of us <laughs> in the car. <laughs> um, we're in a car. Okay, I didn't mention that earlier. <laughs> um, she was just sitting here next to me. There was no Reiki hands. There was no laying of hands. It was just <laughs> her kind of just sitting and uh, feeling that. So when, when you... Um, just to like explore your process when you're mm -hmm. when you said money was that just something that uh popped right through your your head like a thought yeah um i heard it as a word in my head and this was something i also wanted to get to because i've spent a lot of time this year differentiating we all have voices that talk to us all the time there are voices of fear and contraction yeah and there are the voices of our high self and our guides. Mm. And how do you know which one is which? Yeah. And that's really what I've been delving into and getting a firsthand experience with fear and what it feels like and what it sounds like. And it almost, it's so cheesy, but sometimes when I, I start following the fear voice and I almost hear this little snickering at me, like, haha, we got her. <laughs> And it does have that, like... Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> I got scared. <laughs> it has that um, almost sinister, like, mustache twirling kind of feel to it. It feels heavy. Um, it feels harder. And sometimes it could be so subtle. But the the other way, the what I think is my true intuition trying to speak through, feels light. And it... And it, you know how they say the simplest answer is always the right one. Yeah. It is that it it comes along with that. It feels simple or it just feels like light and easy. And that's usually the right answer. And the fear will be more complicated or just heavy or feel like a burden to do. But it can be so subtle. And the fear is so powerful. It is powerful. It's a low vibration. So mm -hmm. it's like an undertow. Mm -hmm. And it could really um, cut through the air, you know? Okay, so update. Like, I feel... I'm not making this up for uh, 
entertainment value. I, I actually felt like the energy that was so intense right here dispersed mm -hmm. and then it like kind of dropped down between my shoulders behind my heart. I can see that and I um it was knotted up there. So it's and I was I was really if getting you, you a just lot put of your hand heart. on my back. So go ahead and leave it there. Do you feel or see anything? It was, I just yeah. It I don't usually touch people. Just <laughs> I don't think you do actually. I have this like I'm just in I think that a lot of my tarot stuff has been brought through experiment. You know, like I'm like mm -hmm. does this work or doesn't it? I'm like yeah. it doesn't have to work. Um I actually think that it's moving out. I think it's going to keep moving down. And then I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then you're going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like it's like fear stuff? Like it's starting in fear. Yeah, because it was contracting. It was squeezing. It was holding and it's holding you back. Yeah. Literally. It's interesting. Um, and you talked about your heart and how you're trying to open that up as the, the avenue through which creativity comes Creativity yeah. and money and abundance comes through. Yeah. And that feeling um, up here in the back of your neck, that's your that's your throat. That's that's the expression of the heart. So it's a really easy way. Um, it's easier to grab here mm -hmm. and block it off than to actually block the heart itself. Yeah. So it starts there and now it's moved down. It's kind of hovering around the heart. But I feel like with the attention you're giving it, it looks very fluid. I think it's going to keep moving on out. I think you're right about that. Um, so what you just did right there was like a combination of probably some sensory, like how if you silenced yourself, you could feel my feelings. You know, I think that's like an impasse yeah. challenge is to understand, get a handle on your own feelings enough that you could separate what's your shit and what's someone else's shit. Um, and then you were observing and then you kind of like, it seems like your little audio way, you know, like you heard some clues and then you did some sort of, um, logical deduction and like figuring out like what was happening and then it, that resonated with you. So that was like part of your process. Yeah. I think you described my process really well. Cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> nice. I want to do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> So for, for you as a tarot reader, I feel, you know, it's amazing because we have, I think we have a pageant of so many different types of readers in tarot or in, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your throat made a noise. Her throat made a noise. <laughs> it's like putting you on blast. She made a noise. Um, you didn't need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's different methods. Each one of us are experiencing ourselves within this greater world and the greater world is like a flaky pastry you know it's like one thing you're taking a bite of but there's all these layers you know like for sure i love that your world is a flaky pastry <laughs> it's definitely flaky <laughs> um so i don't know i just like to figure out exactly what everyone what, what everyone's method is and i like the way that you're doing it so um one thing you were talking about before we were recording was the method of um, just really understanding fear and also 
some like inner child child he- healing stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah. you, you definitely have to start in your own story um, to, to really get your own handle. Right. And we all have a story. And I think that um, for pretty obvious reasons, a lot of our fear based thinking comes in our childhood because mm-hmm. one, it's like the beginning of our lives. <laughs> so that's usually where things begin. But also, like, uh, our fear stuff has so much to do with, like, uh, autonomy versus, like, uh, authority or um, needing to be accepting of, like, being taken care of by those around us or their universe or the vague other or feeling like we have to be protected against the other and, like, they aren't going to look after us or they won't be benevolent, you know? So I think that Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of our fear stuff comes from. Um. You're looking at me really intensely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about that because that sounds, those sound like your fear stories. And I, um, I don't, I also have, I, my fear is that I'm going to be betrayed by the universe. Yeah. That's one of mine from childhood. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I mean, a lot of the things I just said, I do relate to in some slice of it, for sure, in my own experiences. But also, like, these are, like, um, I think uh, if we want to speak in modern terms, those are just, like, uh, psychological devices. Like, oh, where, why, why is this person afraid of their landlord? Or, like, why is this person afraid to ask for a raise from their boss, yeah. you know? It's also um, genetic. I was reading this really interesting article about how um people were doing some kind of horrible experiment to mice and like i know i just wait can i tell you one thing that i heard i overheard at a starbucks in berkeley california i was having coffee alone writing and i overheard some scientists talking and they said one of them said no matter how much you dress them up like people at the end of the day they're still just mice and then I was like, what? Because I, I thought that was funny. So I started listening. And then what? they were talking about torturing mice to for scientific value um, to figure out how a person would be tortured by that whatever they were doing. And the guy said, even if you dress them up like people, they're still mice. So it's they will never be as good as like torturing a person to understand. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, science science talk, I guess. This is horrifying. Yeah. On so many levels. So fucked up. But oh, God. Yeah, so I, I feel real creeped out by people experimenting on animals, which is so weird of me, I know. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> but, I mean, whatever. Um, ugh, that's so sad. In this car right now... We can't do anything for anyone except for keep <laughs> keep this conversation going, I guess. Yeah. But that's a um, battle I'm for so another sorry day. For all the mice and okay, well, all right, we're moving forward. We understand say, that it's wrong to torture animals. The point of this article was that um, with this experiment, they had proved that fears were passed down genetically, and that even though in this case poor mice um weren't and weren't tortured in the way that their parents were 
Um, I think they were using the smell and then torturing the mice. This is so awful. Like maybe you want to just erase this whole segment. I'm like, sorry that I brought it up, but it's for science. (laughs) Um, they were, so the parents, you know, had this reaction to a smell and then the children had a fear reaction to the smell, even though they weren't being harmed when they smelled it and it went down through generations. So fears are built into our very DNA as well as layered on through whatever happens in childhood. And it does kind of go hand in hand because whatever your parents are have within them, they're probably going to pass it down to you anyway. And, but it's, it's inside and it's outside. It's, it is in a way logical. Of course it's illogical, but it's in our brains and it's also in our bodies. So it's really deep and um, raising consciousness is one way of, starting to shine a light bulb but these fears then just dive deeper and they find ways to hide themselves and disguise themselves and you find yourself doing all kinds of things that you can't explain why you're doing it it's because you're going on this roundabout way to um prove this fear's existence because it's there deep down still trying to do its job and protect you from some things so it needs oh my to God, bring I that know. thing into your life this is a lot I, I i think about this all the time like this this type of um system which is uh not necessarily mane- malevolent sometimes when we're fucking ourselves over it's just like some little program inside of us like you're saying like mm-hmm. uh that meant to do something helpful and it escaped conscious control and it becomes harm you know i do view them all um in that in a compassionate way i don't view them as this dark shameful shadowy devil thing inside of us it is just a part of us that was born into us or was created at some time and was given a story um you know maybe men are not safe and then it's been spending the rest of and it that was true for somebody at some point in time too but then it spends its existence trying to make that true for you and holding that vibration inside of you ouch okay also <laughs> do you think that condemnation is sort of yielding to fear what do you mean well like you're saying all these things within us that uh, it takes like a, a space of benevolent consciousness to understand what's happening and have control again. Um, I sometimes think of like condemnation without exploring. Sometimes I feel like that's extremely fear-based and it's yielding back into the vibration of fear. Yeah. But it's... that being said, I mean, vibrationally, sure, it's like the same sort of frequency. There are definitely things I I do not condone. Sure. Um so it's interesting. Like, I oh, think th- I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I don't think that those go hand in hand. I think that they, um, I think that that's a gray area and it depends, but condemnation itself, like how are you using that word? Cause you can look and say, this person is a rapist. And so they are, and so that's wrong that they did that. And you can also be like, wow, this person has these, horrible fears and um i have compassion on them as a human i could get why they are um so awful like they have this fear driving them and they're not strong enough to deal with it um and you can still be like yeah but that's not okay like that's why we have laws yeah supposedly interesting um 
Well, that's all the time we have today. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your and your experiences. Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about stories and fears and the throat has come up quite a few times. And yeah. a big thing of what I do is to help everybody rewrite their story. And I'm also a writer and consider myself a storyteller. So that's a big part You're of what I do. You're a great writer too. Thank you. That's a big part of what I do in my tarot reading. I think if everyone was in charge of their story and felt empowered and, and, um, in charge of themselves, this world would change tomorrow. And so my job is to help everybody do that one person at a time in any small way that I can. Yeah. And I think there can be a huge chain reaction in that. And I mean, tomorrow is right now. It's like already in the happening. Like we're all enlightening each other, enlightening each other. Is that a, it sounds a little cumbersome. Is that a word? <laughs> enlightening each other. I don't know. Um, so if somebody wants to find you, where do they go? Um, right now I have an Etsy store, which you can find through my Instagram handle. That's primarily where I'm putting myself out there. It is J and Juniper, J like the bird, J-A-Y and Juniper, the plant, J-U-N-I-P-E-R. So find me there. Send me a message. I'm in the Bay Area and I'd love to meet with you and do this work in person one-on-one. -on -one. And then I also have an Etsy store. The Etsy store is called J and Juniper. And uh, there will be more to come in 2019, but that's it for now. Wow, cliffhanger over here. Right? <laughs> thank you so much, Jessica. And yeah, thanks. Good night, good night, listeners.